You're listening to About My Father's Business, presented by Iron Wifey. Without further ado, here's your host, the Iron Wifey herself, Michaela. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of About My Father's Business. Today's guest is no one other than the amazing Bria McPhee. Bria, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Now, girl, I am so excited to have you here because you're doing some really dope things in your life that I can't wait for us to touch on. But we start the show with the same question every time. Bria, 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 what does it mean to be about your father's business? Okay, what does it mean to be about my father's business? For me, that's being fully submitted to God's will for my life, even when I don't understand his plan, even when things around me aren't going right. It's just me sticking to what I already know God has told me to do and walking boldly in that. Mm, Amen. Now, I'm really curious, how are you currently carrying out the father's business in your life? Well, right now... I put my ministry on pause because I'm revamping everything. So right now I'm focusing more on my spiritual growth for myself personally. So right now I'm just doing all things discipleship life. So whatever classes are being offered at my church, I'm taking them. I'm getting more into my word. Like I'm going through this plan where you read the entire Bible in like one year, I think. So I'm doing that as well. So this season I'm really focusing on spiritual growth and development. Ooh, I love that. And girl, that Bible lap, I'm on a 365-day plan too. <laughs> I'm on day 63, so we making it through. Yes, ma'am. Look but, at you. Uh, yes. So, matter of fact, I may just add you to the plan and we can study together. But we'll, Listen, we'll, we will that. connect on that. <laughs> but no, I love that you are in the season of discipleship and really seeking what the father's business is for your life. And so I want to take it back a little bit. When were you first introduced to Jesus Christ? Ooh, so I've always known about God. Like I grew up in the church, but I was one of those church kids that was like, I don't really understand this God thing. Like it, it seems kind of shady because it's like the people who claim to love God, they so judgmental. And it's mm-hmm. just like, really? Like y'all love God for real? Like I don't understand. And then like just going through different things in my life with being molested and being teased at a young age, I was just like, how could God be real if I have to go through all these things before I even reach middle school? So it was kind of mm-hmm. one of those internal battles of, like, is God really real or am I just, y'all just telling me this just to tell it to me? Mm. Now, I do want to touch on, is God really real? Because it's actually funny. You wrote a blog post for yeah. a, another, <laughs> like, another, another, like, Christian entrepreneur who is about the father's business. And I read over that post, and it's so crazy because in the post, you quote, Will I hold on to my faith or stay stuck in my unbelief? Will I love others without restraint or push them away from fear of potentially losing them? Will I live life in serving Christ or give up my life to be with Christ? Will I let my feelings take control over my life or let the Holy Spirit lead? Now, when it comes to following Christ, those those questions, those decisions, those choices are so pertinent. And it's so crazy how... In, an, in a blog post where you're questioning if God is real, you touch on some things that not only unbelievers kind of contemplate, but believers contemplate. And so I'm curious, what has been 
one of your greatest challenges in following Christ and how have you overcome that? I think one of my greatest challenges for me personally is still believing that God is good even with all the bad that I've gone through in my life. So I think that's one of the hardest things that I had to like wrap my mind around, like God in himself, like his character is, he's good. He's loving, Mm -hmm. he's perfect. He's all these wonderful things. But then it's like, I look at my life and I'm like, you sure about that? Like, I don't really, (laughs) I don't really. So it, it was a challenge. Like when I first gave my life to Christ, it was a challenge. Like just accepting that God was good. And also it was a challenge accepting that God loved me. Not mm. just like, oh yeah, Jesus died for the world. But like, no, Jesus died for me. Like he yes. loves me and everything that comes with me. So yeah, those two things were definitely a challenge for me when I first gave my life to Christ. I love it. Who would you say has been one of your biggest like spiritual influences or who's impacted you the most on your spiritual journey? Ooh, that's too many people to name. Um, <laughs> I would definitely say, though, my church family. Um, Beulah, I go to Beulah Missionary Baptist Church. And if it wasn't for the people at the church there who just encouraged me, motivated me, and helped me just come into a relationship with Christ. Because when I grew up, I didn't even know you could have a relationship with God. So when I went to Beulah, they really taught us. I took a discipleship course called Master Life. And they teach you that you can have a relationship with God. And like the people in that class really blessed me and was teaching me like, yeah, you can have a relationship with God. You don't have to go through other people to learn about who God is or who he says he is or even who you are. Like you can learn these things for yourself. So for me, it definitely was my church home and the people inside the church because without them, I would still be out here acting crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. We got to go through that in order to get through. But yeah. praise God for your church family and just for your journey so far. Um, I'm really curious, before you started your ministry, um, which is on hold right now, Bria Speaks Life Ministries, yeah. but before you started your ministry, when did you feel that call to really serve God? Honestly, it was probably a couple months after I gave my life to Christ. Like I was talking to my family about it and I was like, guys, you know what? If I could really go into ministry full time, I'd do it. But I always had that fear in the back of my mind because I'm like, nah, it's no, like that's just me talking. Like that's not really what God wants me to do. Like, no, I'm not qualified. See, I'm not qualified for that. Mm-hmm. But then it's just like, I kept, it kept coming back, like ministry, ministry, ministry. Like that's where God wanted me to be. And I was just like, I finally surrendered. I was like, okay, God, you say you want me to be in ministry, then you're going to equip me to be in this ministry. And that's, that's how it came to be. Like, yeah. (laughs) Amen. Now you kind of just started or not just started, but you're in your early college years. Yeah. Um, and I know that college has its fair share of temptations when it comes yeah. to life, um, being on fire for Christ, peer pressure and the works, you name it. And so I'm curious, you know, how are you navigating like adulthood and balancing living for Christ? Okay. I can definitely touch on that. I'll probably talk I'll talk from the experience of my freshman year because that's where it was crazy. Um, but as far as like temptations, like I'm not gonna lie, those did come. Like I'm not gonna front and act like I was this super safe Christian and co- like no, I didn't even give my life to Christ until like probably my 
second semester freshman year. So I was still out there in the world or whatever. But for me, I would say my temptations came with men. Like I didn't have the temptation to like party or do drugs or do any of that because I've seen a lot of that in my family and I didn't like what it did to them. So I had already set in my mind that I wasn't going to do that even when I got to college. So at a young age, I had already made up my mind and said, I'm never doing drugs. I'm not going to drink alcohol. Like I had already set it up to where I wasn't doing any of those things. And I didn't want to put myself in environments where those things could happen and I'd be pressured into doing it. Like there was an incident where my roommate kind of tried to pressure me into smoking and she called me lame because I didn't want to do it. But at that moment, it was like, it's okay that you call me lame because in myself, that's not something I want to do. And I can't let you pressure me to be something that I'm not. I'm not a smoker. I'm not a drinker. I can't conform to what you want me to be because that's not me. But as far as like getting through the temptations, I'm still learning (laughs) how to not (laughs) give in. Like, cause sometimes it's like you, you get it. You don't have to, you don't give into it. You good. But then it's like you get into those moments of like weakness and you're just like, ah, whatever. What the heck? I mean, let's just go with it. But it's like in those moments when you get in those moments of weakness, that's really when you need to call on the Holy Spirit. Like, hey, Mm. Holy Spirit, I'm feeling some type of way. This dude over here messaging me. Um, What we going to do? Because I don't want to fall into that temptation. So with me, I really, really start talking to Jesus. Like play some worship music in the background and just... Mm -hmm. Come on, Jesus, let's have a party tonight because I'm not going to fall into that temptation. So when it comes to trying to stop yourself from falling, you need the Holy Spirit because in our flesh, we're prone to fall into temptation. That's our sinful nature. But we have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives us the power to fight the temptations and he also gives us a way of escape. So take those ways of escape because they work. Okay. Amen. <clears throat> um, it's crazy because like, we all had them years, them hot girl summers, yeah, where, <laughs> where we just want to be out there being a hot girl and not following what the Lord is doing. But it's um, it's crazy that you touch on just the power of the Holy Spirit and how the Lord truly does give us the ability to withstand any temptations or to turn away from temptation. He doesn't give us anything we can't handle or we can't bear. Right. And so I'm going to just send some encouragement your way and I'm going to be praying for you because let them slide into them DMs and be deleted in Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. I receive it. (laughs) Now, Bria, I want to get into your recent book. Now you are now a published author. You are doing amazing things for the kingdom and you just wrote a book, Deal With It, Letting God Provide the Healing You Need. So I just, I'm curious, you know, talk to me about deal with it. What's going on? What are we dealing with? Okay. I always tell people that the way this book came about was really funny because originally it just started off as me wanting to finally deal with the issues of my past and my childhood. So I'm a writer and writing is something that comes naturally to me. So I had started off by just writing down the things I had been through and how it made me feel. And I just started writing about it. Um, I had actually been writing this for four years. No cap. Like four years I have been writing this book. And I think eventually I realized, like after finishing it and reading over it, I realized like, hey, 
what if there are other girls out there that feel exactly how I felt, but don't have the same access to God like I did? Like they didn't grow up in the church. Maybe they don't know God. So that was my way of saying, okay, this is my way of saying, okay, read this and giving you access to God. Because maybe there's nobody in your life who believes in God. But this is my mm-hmm. chance to share my testimony and share my story to help you get closer to God and step into your healing. Mm, I love that. Amen. Now, I'm curious, like, with writing this book, what did you have to endure in order to come out stronger? Because books and anything that involves creation literally involves like going through it in order to provide or in order to even get the healing that you want to help other people heal from. So I'm just curious, like what you had to endure in order to become out victorious, honestly. There was a lot of emotional pain that came with writing this book because this was the first time I had actually sat down and ever just evaluated my life and really like sat down and said, this is what I've been through. This is how it made me feel. And it was like, I wasn't ignoring it anymore. So there were times where I would be writing and I throw my computer across the room because I was so tired emotionally of dealing with everything that I had been through. So it was like this roller coaster battle of, do I finish this book or do I just stop it? Because at this point it's draining <laughs> me completely. But it was like, this is more than just a book. This is something that God wants me to do, not just for me to get healing, but for other girls to see that healing is possible, you know? Cause I think even with writing that book, I had reached a point where I was, where I was like, maybe I'm just writing this book for no reason. Like maybe at the end of this, there's no healing that's going to come from doing all of this and going through all of this. But I kept at it. I kept pushing. And even in the publishing stages, there was just so much I had to go through just to get the book out. And I was just like, it was a hot mess. (laughs) I mean, but you did it. And now you are a published author. So like, I... I'm here for it. I'm here for it. You are doing it. Um, so Bria, what what does it take to get a book published? Like for someone else who may be watching this or, you know, who may be going through the journey of figuring out what it is they're healing from and they're writing and they're throwing their laptop across the room, but they know that at the end of this guy has a plan. Like what does it take to get a book from in here to physically holding deal with it the first thing i would probably say is just write i think a lot of times some of us feel like we're not good writers or we don't have a good story to share but when it came to deal with it it just came from me just writing releasing everything that was inside of me and just writing um i would say don't overthink it Mm. don't overthink when you're writing your book do not overthink because that's when you start doing all this extra stuff and taking out stuff and putting stuff like don't overthink it just write from your heart and I would also say to keep close to God especially if your writing has something to do with things that hurt you in your past because that stuff is gonna come out it's gonna come out and you're gonna need to stay connected to God because he's gonna be the only one during this time to help you through that. Like, yeah, you have your godly community, but when you're just writing, because you're going to have that time where it's just you and your computer and you're just writing, or you and your pencil and paper and you're just writing, but you also need to stay close to God because it's like, 
when you're writing, it's just you and him. So it's just like, as you're writing and releasing, you also need to be releasing to God and talking to God about it because he's the only one that's going to sustain you through this process because it's definitely a process that takes endurance. Like you have to endure everything that comes from point A to point B, you have to endure. Like you can't stop midway and give up because it's like, there could be so many souls that are lost because you didn't do your assignment of what God has told you to do. Like if God tells you to do it, he's going to get you through it. Point blank period. So I was just, that's, that's what I would say about that. (laughs) Man, if God told you to do it, he is going to get you through it. That's a tweet right there. Come on. Listen, come on now. (laughs) Holy spirit. (laughs) What have you learned about yourself through the publishing process? I'm not as determined as I thought I was. Mm. That's something, yeah. That's something I definitely learned about myself because I used to think I was just so determined, never like never wanted to give up, always reaching for my goals. But when it came to my book, there were so many instances where I was just ready to be quick to be finished with it and just give up on it. And I'm just like, whoa, Bria, what happened to your determination? Like what mm. happened to this isn't about me. This is about the people, the girls, the women, the other people who need this. So it was just like one of those, yeah, I do need Jesus. I do need Jesus to endure these things, to per- to persevere through these things, to get it done. So it was just like, yeah, Bria, you're not as determined as you think you are. But with Jesus, Amen. oh, you'll get through it. You'll get through it. Amen. And what do you want your readers to walk away with after reading your book? What is the biggest lesson you want them to take away? The biggest lesson I want them to take away is that God is the God of healing. And that healing may be different for each and every person, but the start point is the same, Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus to get to that wholeness and filling those voids that they're trying to fill. Like, it's Jesus. Because I know a lot of people may read my story, and I don't want people to think, like, your your story is going to be my story. There may be some similarities between my story and your story, but God may not heal you the way he healed me. Mm -hmm. He heals people in a way that fits specifically for that person. So if anything, the healing may be different, but the starting point is exactly the same. You need Jesus. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Um, I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. Because in addition to being a writer and a published author, you are also a poet. And this upcoming issue of Iron Wifery Magazine, <laughs> you literally released a poem called The Revelation that I, I believe speaks so like true to what's going on in the current atmosphere of the world, what people are going through, whether it be in, in quarantine or just trying to decipher through their thoughts, their spirits, their emotions. And so... Mm-hmm what was the inspiration behind your poem, The Revelation? That definitely was Holy Spirit led because like I was telling you before, that actually wasn't the poem I was originally going to submit for the issue. The Mm -hmm. poem I was originally going to submit, I was talking about, you know, Black women and Black women empowerment. But I, I remember during this time when I was writing, I was feeling really anxious and fearful of, my future and the future of this world because of everything that's going on. And I'm just like, 
when you kept saying God's plan was a theme, I was like, well, what is God's plan? Because I don't know. Like, I almost didn't write for the issue because I'm like, I don't know what God's plan is. But it's crazy because it's like God's plan is evident in his word. Like, he doesn't hide what his plan is. So during that time, I kept hearing the Lord say, read Revelation read revelation revelation was the one book in the bible i said i would never read because i'm like i don't know people be talking about that one book and they like it's scary and i'm like i'm not trying to be scared i'm already scared (laughs) but it was just like i had to push past my fears and really read it so i did and i read it from chapter one all the way to the end of the chapter and once i was done i got up and i started writing Mm. And that's where the Revelation poem came from. And I really do believe that it was Holy Spirit led because, like I said, Revelation was not in my heart to read at all. But I was just obedient and I did it. And that poem was birthed through obedience. Amen. Now, I want you all to enjoy Revelation just as much as I did. Um, it's also available in Q3 of Iron Wifey Magazine. But Right now, I'm going to have Bria read you guys the Revelation. Enjoy. The Revelation. First the seven letters are sent. Then the seven seals are broken. Sound the alarm because the trumpets are roaring. Hell and fire rain down on earth. Ships and sea life are destroyed. Wormwood falls and people die with bitterness. Astrology, who is your idol, is destroyed. When the sun, moon, and stars are struck, and watch out for the beast because he'll have you steadily using false prophets and fake signs to bear a mark that isn't God's. From life to death, forever agonizing in hell. People will seek death and will not find it, but then one third of the human race will be erased. There is more to be said, but to get the full revelation, you have to do some reading of the Holy Word of God. For it is written for all to see, hear, and share. So the plan of God for humanity is no secret. Though death ruined, Though death, ruin, and famine will brew, in the last days to come, don't let that stop you from believing in the true living God. For a new creation is coming, where every tear will be wiped from our eyes, death, grief, and sorrow will be no more. Our every want and need will be satisfied, dwelling in the presence of our Savior forevermore. But until that time has come, and the time is coming soon, so use this moment to accept Christ, then be diligent in this world allowing your feet to move with your prayers, never getting weary in carrying out the mission of Christ, bearing your cross and spreading the gospel because only the people of God are safe from the suffering of eternity. So I hope you guys really enjoyed that poem from Bria. We're going to dive right back into this interview. You good with that? Yeah. All right. I am curious what the Lord is revealing to you during this time, during quarantine, during the racial climate of the world. What revelations have you received? Okay. I actually have to tell you about, I forgot the name of the company I bought it from, but there's this thing called Prophetic Keys. And one of my friends actually bought one and said it really spoke to her and it's been working for her. So what I did was, I, you know, put my face out there and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll grab one. And it's crazy because the word on a prophetic key was dwell. And it was crazy that that's what that word was because I've been feeling God really tugging me in this 
season to really dwell in his presence. Like, stay mm-hmm. away from that social media. Stay away from this. He says, he says, get in my presence. Focus on your spiritual growth. So when I when I received that key and saw that the word was dwell, it really, like, touched my heart. And it really confirmed, like, God has me in a season where he is trying to prune things out of me and in place things of who I was created to be. He really wants me to spend this time with him and in his word and really learning about who he is so that when it's time for me to step out and really tell people who he is, I can go in boldly without hesitation and like, yeah, I know my God. Let me tell you about him so you can be saved, so you can live this life. Amen. Where do you see yourself? Let's say in the next five years. The next five, ooh, the next five years. I would like to say I would have my degree, okay, my bachelor's degree in biblical and theological studies. Maybe I'll be in somebody's ministry as a leader, doing something. But I know for myself personally, with my ministry, I would like it to be back up and I would hopefully my plan is to have a small group of women and just you know going through the Bible with them and really teaching them the word of God so mm-hmm. you know that's where I see myself in five years and a small ministry, group. I love it but your ministry <laughs> speaks life you encourage empower and speak life into women through the word of God and yeah. so I'm curious what you believe God has spoken to you in order for you to speak life into others. Well, well, I'll just go back to tell you how I came up with Bria Speaks Life. So mm-hmm. I know for me, um, I started Bria Speaks Life because growing up, I never spoke life into myself. I always was like, oh, I'm too ugly or I'm not good enough. Or it was always me talking down to myself. And I remember when I first gave my life to Christ, one of the first things I ever read from the Bible was the Proverbs 30 woman. I read about her and it was crazy. Yes. Love her. You know, Mm -hmm. she's amazing. Mm -hmm. But I remember reading Proverbs 31 10 of who could find a virtuous woman for her worth is far above rubies. And I remember God really speaking to me and telling me like, that's your worth. Mm -hmm. You're worth more than rubies. And it was crazy because in that moment, I was still doubting him. I was like, nah, God, that's not me. Come on. Let's be real. Like, oh I was really goodness. talking to God, like, come on, God, let's be real. Like, if anybody is worth more than rubies, it's not me. But it oh was like, God. yeah, I'm so, like, I'm just keeping it a G. Like, this is how we talk to God sometimes. I'm just like, God, that's not, no, I don't know what you're seeing. <laughs> seeing it. But it was just like, after that moment, it was just like God really shedding layers and showing me how he sees me, how Mm -hmm. he sees me as this woman worthy enough to die for. Like to Mm him, I'm worth it. Everything about me, flaws and all, he loves me. Not who I pretend to be, not who I put on the show for, he loves me. So that's where Bria Speaks Life came from. I was just like, wow, like this is amazing. Like if only women knew their worth we wouldn't get ourselves in so many of these situations and when I think about it I always say it's a lot of situations I got myself in where I was just like oh Bria you didn't know your worth but what Mm -hmm. would have happened if you knew your worth and you knew your authority and your power in Christ you wouldn't settle for any of this you would have been able to walk away with your head held high and just kept moving with your life so I'm just like 
Now I want to be able to give that to other women. Like, know your worth. Because if you knew how much you were worth, you wouldn't settle for anything that wasn't God's best for you. Period. I can just leave on this one. Like, you <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead. I'm going to just go because like, that was Listen, that, Holy Spirit. That's it. That is yeah. it. What is a verse that you are currently not living by, but you're currently meditating on at this season of your life? That's a good one. Hmm. And it's kind of hard just to pick one because I'm like all over the place in my Bible. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one I'm really made it, meditating on is where it talks about how we are made in God's image. Mm. And I'm really in the book of Genesis right now. And I'm really studying chapter three and how, you know, the serpent tricked Eve into biting the apple. And what really caught my attention was one of the things he said to her was, this will make you like more like God. Mm -hmm. And it was crazy because I'm like, but you were already made in the image of God. So it was just like, to me, I was like, Mm -hmm. In that moment, I was just like, you didn't know your identity in Christ. Like, you didn't know your worth because if you did, you would have been able to tell him, I'm already made in the image of God. I don't need this to become the image of God because that's who I am. So it's just like, that's literally, that's what I'm studying. And just like, wow, like, that's crazy. We really are made in the image of God. Like, that's my identity. That's who I am. Can't nobody take that from me. But it was just like in that moment, she forgot who she was and was deceived by the enemy because she forgot. And it's just like, how many times in life do we forget who we are and settle and be pressured into doing things because we're like, oh, I just want to be accepted by these people. Mm. And it's just like, no, you have to know who you are and stand firm in that. So listen, child. God has been tearing me up when it comes to identity because <laughs> I haven't known mine for a long time. So it's like he's trying to restructure and recreate like, no, you're mine. Let me tell you about who you are for real because these people out here have been lying to you. Let me tell you the truth. Bria, you preaching. <laughs> Holy Spirit, hey, listen. You are preaching. You know what? Tell okay. me what I'm learning. <laughs> well, teach us because we are here for it. Bria, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Bria McPhee or Bria Speaks Life. Um, website's kind of down right now, so don't look for me on my website, but definitely check me out on Instagram. And if you ever need anything, advice, prayer, encouragement, my DMs are always open and I'm always willing to help women out, help people out, anybody. I'm a people person. So I just love people and I have a heart for people. So again, at Bria McPhee or Bria Speaks Life. And where can people find your book? Deal with it. You can find my book at www.briaspeakslife.org slash shop. Perfect. Now, Bria, we end every interview with the same question. Iron Wifey is derived from Proverbs 27, 17, which states that as iron sharpens iron, one friend sharpens another. So our model here is as iron sharpens iron, one woman sharpens another. How are you sharpening the women in your life? Um, I would say right now I'm sharpening my younger sisters and I'm doing that by consistently trying to have Bible studies with them encouraging them to, you know, pray to God, 
And I recently just bought my sister a book where it talks about your identity in Christ. So I'm really trying to pour into the younger generation because I'm like, you guys are going to be our future. So I feel like it's my duty to pour into you what you probably won't get out there in the world. And that's Christ. (laughs) So I think that's how I'm sharpening people around me. Well, Bria, thank you for preaching to us tonight. Thank you for just shedding wisdom and knowledge on what God is doing in your life. Thank you for being about the Father's business. And thank you for taking this time to really dwell in the word of God and to really build that relationship because it's so important that women know their worth. And I am so admired by the fact that you are pouring into the younger generation. And I know that your sisters are going to be great women of God as well. Um, We appreciate you for being here, and we are so grateful that we got an opportunity to share some time with you. Thank you. I'm honored that you even asked me (laughs) because I was a little nervous at first, but like I'm honored that you asked me, and I really enjoyed our conversation. Just for me to be able to share my love of Christ with others is all I aspire to do. So thank you for this opportunity.